Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. And uh, again, thanks to Billy Bratcher, who uh, wrote and played that uh, the theme song for Travels with Charlie. Uh want to remind you, you know, past episodes of Travels with Charlie, you can catch up on all past episodes of Travels with Charlie, videos that we did in the video series, as well as all of the radio programs here at uh, WDEV. WDEVradio.com. It's as simple as that. Go right there. Go to podcast and uh, and listen in and uh, check out some of the things that you've missed. But thank you for joining me today. And, of course, thanks to our sponsors. This program would not happen without the help of my sponsors, Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com. They were real busy this past weekend, of course, with the Wheels for Warmth program. That program has raised more than $600,000 to help people heat their homes in the winter, as well as uh, make sure that you got good tires on your car for the winter. Jolly Convenience Stores, my friend Sean Bartlett and everybody at all the Jolly Convenience Stores, hot coffee, that's important this time of year, sandwiches and snacks. Uh, and if it's a warm day, it's actually kind of nice out today. Ice-cold Coca-Cola products and, of course, fuel for your car. And if you're traveling, Milne Travel American Express. These are the guys that you want to talk with. You're going to get the best deal. They've been doing it since 1975, MilneTravel.com. Great program lined up for you today. I'm excited because... My guests today are folks that uh, were guests of mine for years on the Charlie and Ernie show. Uh, first, uh, let me just uh, tell you about some of the uh, things. My financial advisor is actually joining me today. Politically incorrect Christmas party supporter and cast member Steve Gentile is going to be here today. He's going to be discussing the annual Trotting of the Turkeys event. That's happening this Saturday in Burlington. My first guest today, another friend. Uh, she's been giving ghost tours in Burlington for more than a decade, written numerous books. She's an authority on Vermont history, and we used to do a thing called Spooky Tuesdays. Thea Lewis, Thea, it's, it's great to talk with you again. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's great to talk with you, Charlie. I'm kind of, um, today is, today is my catch up on everything. But I didn't get to do while I was walking around town telling people about Ghost Day. <laughs> Boy, I'll bet you you must have had a, a busy weekend, of course, with Halloween and all of that. You know, um, I'm so gratified this year because um, it's just it, you know I thought it would be such a mixed bag this year. I had no idea what exactly would happen with the ghost walks. You know that um, we used to always before COVID start a little after July 4th and go all the way through Halloween and sometimes even a few days after that, but we didn't have any tours last year and we just thought, okay, uh, not knowing which way the wind is blowing, um, we're going to go ahead and 
we're going to schedule a couple of months. So we started in September, September 8th. And I just couldn't be more grateful for the response that we got from people. We, I think, were sold out the last three weekends, um, sold out tours across the board all weekend long. Our middle-of-the-week tours um, were so great. Uh, the new true crime tour that we do on Thursdays and on Wednesdays, we were doing something called Grateful Wednesdays because we were so happy to be walking again. And so every Wednesday uh, waterfront tour that we did, our Ghosts and Legends tour, we uh, donated 50% of the proceeds to a nonprofit that mattered to us. And I got to tell you, people really stepped up to that. Yeah. You know, you know what's interesting? You, you mentioned how busy you've been. And, you know, just last night, Halloween in my neighborhood, uh, and, and some, you know, some years it would be like super crazy. Uh, you know, of course, uh, the year of COVID, uh, you know, nothing was happening. And, uh, uh, it was just off the wall last night. I mean, people from, I don't even know these people. It's like they're driving in. You'd see carloads of people coming in. And it's, you know, it's this whole feeling about, yeah, we can get out now. We can do things. Uh, and, and, you know, good for you. I'm glad that, uh, the, the tours are going well for you, Thea. Thea Lewis, Queen City Ghost Walk, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. You know, Thea, we always, if, if you have a spooky story, something that you'd like to ask Thea or you, you want to, you know, tell her about something that you've seen that you think is pretty spooky, you can call us. You can join us today at 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. I do just want to bring up one thing, Thea, before we get into all of the, you know, the ghost walks, the tours and everything in your books, but uh, it it is, uh, you know, pretty important. You've been doing this for more than a decade in Burlington, and, you know, recently some, some business owners wrote a letter to the city saying that we're a little... Uh, concerned about safety and, and issues like that in Burlington. And, and I recall even years ago, you talking about meeting for your, for your tours and you might be some, you know, some kind of, you know, cagey characters that might show up and give you a hard time. But uh, you actually, um, you know, voiced your opinion and kind of piggybacked with those 16 business owners recently. We want to just talk about that briefly. Sure. Well, you know, um, it's funny. Um, it, you said for more than a decade. Actually, next year will be two decades. It'll no. be 20 years that I've wow. been doing ghost tours in the downtown. And you and I both grew up in Burlington, you yep. know. Yep. Um, i got to tell you, Burlington is a very different place. Um, some of it good, some of it bad than it was when we were kids. Now, one of the things that's different is um, the streets of Burlington since I started doing the ghost tours, have gotten brighter and, you know, presumably safer, right? I mean, there are more lights. Yep. Um, the, it's, it's harder to find those little spooky alcoves that I used to be able to find before. Uh, the alleys are now lit up. It's a good thing. But, um, but the level of behavior and discourse, um, you know, I, I had told you uh, when we used to talk, um, when I used to come in for Spooky Tuesday, that there there were people. I mean, I, I had a person. Uh, must have been ten years ago, uh, eight or ten years ago, who um, just wound up her arm and was gonna hit me with a roundhouse punch in City Hall Park one uh, early one evening on a ghost tour. And my <laughs> husband, fortunately, um, before I had before I had to decide whether if she was aiming at me, I was going to punch her back. Um, my <laughs> husband just away. And, uh, you know, it's like, this is something you just don't do in front of uh, 30 guests on a ghost tour. Um, I grew up in the old north end of Burlington, so I do 
know how to rumble. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but man, um, you know, so there were things like that, occasional things yeah. that would happen. And for the most part, I have to say that anybody that was in the park back when we were meeting in the park, because we don't anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, we used to meet right on the steps of City Hall yep. in City Hall Park. Um, and it wasn't folks who seemed to be transient, transient that were that were the issue for me. A lot of times it was younger people, um, self-medicated, other issues who would, you know, who would come up and confront us on our tour, who would make things difficult for our guests. Um, so, so flash forward to now, and I have to say, you know, walking around Burlington Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a couple nights a week, I could have somebody approach me with unwanted attention yeah and so so it's much more elevated than it than it ever was well hopefully you know they'll get a handle on that and clear things up because that uh, it's it's not good uh for for businesses you know the restaurants and the shops that are downtown and for people like yourself that are out there with on an average ghost tour thea uh, how many people could be with you oh well you know um early in the season like in september might be um, 15 to 25 people uh, the last three weeks. It's been, uh, you know, usually anywhere from 40 to 55 people. And we've, and that's because we've tried to keep, we used to have tours years ago where people would call begging to be able to get in yeah. and, you know, and we'd say, okay, how many people, you know, I didn't want, um, I, I didn't want us to be like, Three times the number of people. Remember Soul Train? Yes. This long line of people, and they would all come dancing through. The tours, to me, looking back at the people behind me, looked like that often. Like three times. You've seen you've seen us going through town. Uh, yes, I, mean, I have. Yes. It, it can be a lot of people, yeah. and so um, and it's hard for me. I do want to say I, I do want to say one thing about the activities downtown. I you know I know people who have mental health issues, yep. substance use issues, people who struggle. It's not my intention to push people off and say that they're the fringes of society and we shouldn't bother with them. I'm just saying that people who can participate in an acceptable level of behavior should not be driven out of the downtown because of the issues other people have. Right. There's got to be so much that you can you – know, you have to say, okay – Here's acceptable behavior, and I just feel like having a tour of 40 people, as I did when I wrote to the city council, having a tour of of 40 people, five of them under the age of 12, and getting to a location that I've visited for the last, you know, almost 20 years, and having someone jump out at us, threaten us, swear at us. Some of the, you know, my mom tended bar to support us. I heard some words that night that, I thought would make my head pop off. Yeah, it's been know, a while. So, <laughs> yeah, really wild. And so you know, and and the and and naturally, um, when when it hits the press, you don't always get to express. Um, and I thank you for being able to talk with you today because you don't always get to express the fact that I understand people are human. I understand that Burlington. I understand what a lot of people need to understand about Burlington is we are a city. We have city issues. Let's deal with those city issues. I don't care how people feel like we got to the issues. Um, what I said to my in my letter to the city council was, you're going to end up with an economic ghost town if you don't take care of it. When I've got people on my tour who, um, a gentleman behind me after that, after the the man accosted us, 
um, were walking to a safer location, and I hear the man behind me say to his companion, see, this is why I don't come to Burlington anymore. Yeah, yeah, and that's not good. Thea, let's concentrate a a little bit now on your walks. And for people that aren't familiar with what you do, you know, the ghost walks, you talk about some of the haunts in in Burlington, whether it's on the lakefront, it's uh, in the – you actually do a cemetery tour. I mean, that's spooky in itself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we do it. We do it. We do three different kinds of cemetery tours. We did this last season. We're all finished for the season, except maybe. I think you know it's going to be it's going to be cold to be bringing people around the downtown very soon. But we're hoping to start our true crime tours up again in uh, in late April. So that'll be something fun for people to look forward to. But yeah, the cemetery tours we did um, Elmwood Cemetery which is more urban. We did that two weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. And then we started the Lakeview, which is um, the, the subject of um, my latest book. Yeah. And we also, in Lakeview Cemetery, did a couple of tours for kids and, and their adults uh, that were um, vintage ghost hunting tours with old tools like compasses and bells and, uh, and pendulums. So it, was, so it was kind of a fun mixed bag this year. So you really make history interesting. I mean, you could certainly, you know, sit in a room and talk about these things, but you actually take them out in Burlington and go to these locations, whether it's a cemetery or you're you're walking in the downtown area. Have you ever been, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, but have you ever, you know, has there been anything spooky? You're in a cemetery. I mean, that's the place that you would expect that, oh, something's happening here. Well, it's really interesting that you ask in the cemetery. Now, there have been things um, uh, downtown that have set off people in my tour. I think maybe people who were a little bit more sensitive to spirit activity, um, open to that kind of communication. I never see that happening downtown because my primary interest is in making sure I'm telling the story, entertaining my guests, keeping everybody safe. Now, the cemetery has a lot fewer distractions and um, several years before um, before COVID, of course, we didn't, couldn't do any tours, um, there was a woman on one of my Lakeview tours who spotted um, a, a ghost. She said, a go- then, and, I'm, and I'm just repeating what she said. Yeah. She said, I saw an apparition, uh, and, it w- and where it was was some distance from the John J. Flynn Monument. People will know John J. Flynn as the man who built the Flynn Theater in Burlington. Right. So, um, so she mentioned that she saw this spirit. She saw her briefly, but very clearly, visually. Um, and the way she described the little girl didn't make her sound to me like she was um, like she was one of the children from the orphanage, which is right on the other side of the fence from Lakeview Cemetery, the old St. Joseph's Orphanage in Burlington that's yeah. been the topic of such controversy. Yes. Um, but what I do know about that property there is that um, right next to where the orphanage was built, there was an old-fashioned sanitarium, which served as the sanitarium served as community hospitals back in the old days. And it was not unusual for the doctors who headed up those, um, you know, those sanitariums to have their entire family living right there on site with them. Mm. Sometimes three generations of families. Um, there was a sanitarium in downtown Burlington, where the farmhouse Tap and Grill is now. And there were three generations of folks, um, the Sparhawks, living in that sanitarium right there on, you know, right there on uh, Bank Street. So, yeah. 
Thea Lewis, Queen City Ghost Walk, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about, well, you've got a number of books. Want to get into that? And again, we would love to hear from you if you've had a spooky encounter or you think that there is something that is, that is haunted in your area. I know specifically Thea would love to hear about it. Please call us at 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. More with Thea Lewis on Travels with Charlie WDEV coming up straight ahead. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millnetravel.com. And we are back. Thea Lewis from Queen City Ghost Walk. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Thea, I've lost count uh, how many books you have written. You've got a children's book out, Haunted Inns, Ghostly Getaways of Vermont, Wicked Vermont, Haunted Burlington, Ghosts and Legends of Lake Champlain, and the latest, Lakeview Cemetery, correct? Yes, Lakeview Cemetery, which was, um, uh, it was unexpected to get the invitation to write that from my publisher, Arcadia Publishing, but, um, but it, it worked out, even though there was a really, there was a long period of us kind of wrangling it through the pandemic, but it did finally come out, um, last fall. And I discovered so many things about the city of Burlington's uh, citizens. Uh, people I didn't know uh, were interred there at Lakeview. Of course, I knew some of the I knew some of the big deals yeah. there, but there were so, some surprises. Thea, how easy is it? And I don't think it's easy at all. But I mean, you go into a cemetery, you see a name, and 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 something comes up, and and you want to do research on it. Where do you find that research? Where do you find that information today? All kinds of places. Um, you know, I have a subscription to newspapers.com, and that is a wonderful resource. And I'm always mining that for clippings and tidbits. And um, and I, you know, I, I love to Google. I have been uh, googling since since Google became Google. <laughs> and um, and I, I love to go to. Um, special collections at the University of Vermont. Yeah. And special collections also has, um, it's a great resource online. You can look up the old fire maps of the city of Burlington back in the late 1800s and early 1900s and, you know, and, and beyond that and see how the city has evolved and who owned what and where things were that are not there anymore. And, um, and it's, it's interesting. If I've got a, um, for instance, there's a story in the book about a man named Israel Freeman, who is buried in Lakeview Cemetery. His brother also. They both served um, in the Massachusetts Regiment of, of black soldiers back during the Civil War. And so at first, I was interested in his brother, who um, was a more well-known character. And then I started looking at old newspaper clippings about Israel Freeman and discovered that he was the victim of an axe murder with one of his own butchering tools in oh. Burlington back in the late 1800s. So um, this was a man who 
while he was a soldier in the Civil War, was deemed to have great leadership abilities. But his problem was he had a very wild temper and he um, was a mean drunk. And so, <laughs> you know, so he, came, he came to a bad end. But I never would have, if I hadn't been looking for his brother, I would not have, you know, there I am looking through old newspapers and I find this, I find this murder story and find out how the whole thing unspooled. And, um, uh, but what I didn't know was, um, you know, they, they didn't mention much in the old free press about where it was he lived, but I was able to look at some of the old maps and figure out where some of the where some of the places were back in the late 1800s um discovered a whole neighborhood on cherry street that uh, we always think of burlington as recently diverse yeah. as far as as far as color and culture but Boy, and a lot of it hasn't even been that long ago when you consider you know urban renewal i grew up of course in the 60s and you know you have the the, yeah. the, the whole italian section uh, uh you know where urban renewal took place and the you know the mall went in all all of that uh, certainly changed an area lakeview cemetery one thing that did uh, pique my interest not that you know and just <laughs> there's something uh, burlington had a notorious madam <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah, tell us about oh. the notorious madam okay. thea this is probably going to set some people's moral compasses, uh, you know, spinning around. Well, that's where we like I to go really... here on Travels with Charlie. <laughs> Spin it around, Thea. Yeah. I mean, well, when I talk about her, when I talk, when I, when I very briefly, I don't mention her on our haunted tours. I do on our true crime tours, but I do mention her business, what she was up to, uh, on our, on our haunted tours. And people are liable to have children who are under, who are, you know, maybe oh, sure. 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And I have to, it's like, it's a game for me of how many euphemisms can I come up with to let the adults in the tour know what is what is what is going on. Um, Shagging. But, um, mean, yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, well, one thing I did learn was back in the day they called these women who uh, existed to serve the pleasures of men for a price soiled doves, and um, I had some folks who came on my true crime tour who came the next week on a ghost walk tour. And as I was checking them in, they said, we have not been able to stop talking about you. And soiled dove is a new code word between all of us. <laughs> That's like crazy. You know, but, yeah, Philomene, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Philomene Lemoyne. She was, I imagine, being the premier madam in the city of Burlington for more than three decades. Was there a house that um, she operated out of? Uh... She had several. Um, but most, um, but but the two that were most prominent um, on Intervale Avenue in Burlington, and folks who live in that area or know that area very well, it was a French section of town. Yeah. And there is a big um, house with uh, sort of two bays uh, in the front. It was must have been a gracious house back in the day, back in the late 1800s when she had it built. And I remember getting out of my true crime bus tour in 2019. And there was uh, a gentleman on the tour who was an ex-police officer, and he got off the bus to get a closer look at the at the house and listen to me tell the story. And he looked up and he said, Thea, she must have had a girl in every one of these windows. <laughs> and the place has these these great big windows until he said it. I never really thought of that, yeah. you know. But Philomene Lemoyne also had a hotel on the corner of Main and Battery Street. And um, it's a modern building now, but it is on the, let me think, it's on the southeast corner. And, um, you know, businesses in there. 
and um, and that was that was her hotel. And she was a woman who would get uh, slammed by the local PD time and time again for prostitution or for um, you know Vermont was dry at the time. Yeah, and she would she'd be supplying liquor, and she'd be summoned into court, and she just she wouldn't she wouldn't show up. <laughs> they'd, and they'd fine her again and again, and she'd just pay. She was getting, she was getting fined more for what she was doing than some of the men down in the Battery King Street, Main Street area, who yeah. were um, prostituting their own wives. No, oh my God. And here is this, here's this woman. You know, I, one of the fines I saw was um, a two thousand dollar fine. Imagine how much money two thousand dollars was back in, you know, nineteen hundred. That's still a lot of and, money today. Um, yeah. Yeah, Thea, a lot of money today. One of your books, Haunted Inns and Ghostly Getaways of Vermont. You know, a lot of times you'll see this on Discovery Channel and some of the, uh, some of the other cable networks where they, they go to these inns and they've set up the cameras and, and they see ghostly apparitions. Wh- what can you tell us about some of the inns and getaways that are in Vermont that these apparitions have been seen? Oh gosh, I did an investigation at one in particular that I loved. It was, it's closed now, I believe, the Richmond Victorian Inn in Richmond, a fantastic place. Um, so um, Joyce and Frank at the time were the innkeepers. Uh, she was from the States, but he was Scottish, and they'd met, I think, in Germany. They were both in the service or something. So they came over here. They got the inn. They became friendly with uh, people I've talked with you about before, the Vermont Spirits Detective Agency, who I've done several uh, investigations with. Yep. Uh, they're known as the private eye for those who died. And we um, spent the night there at the Richmond Victorian Inn. And afterward, Matt, who leads up the investigation team, came to my house after he'd uh, gone, through all of the, gone through all of the evidence that he had several weeks later. And there was a ghost who responded to something I said. And it was so creepy because um, on the audio, you can hear me uh, there was a break in the action while Matt fixed some equipment and I was talking to a couple of other people who were with us that night and we were all trying to be pretty quiet. But then when Matt said, okay, we've got to stop for a minute, we began to converse. Um, I was telling them about visiting Wilson Castle with Matt and his partner, Gloria. And I got to the point where I said, it was the coldest ghost investigation. And Matt said, okay, we're back up. And so we started the investigation again. But to be frank, I had been telling them for a good bit of time about our experiences at the inn. So when Matt came to my house and played the audio for me, we get to the point I'm talking to them. You can hear me. You know, I didn't realize you still had the audio running. Yeah. You can hear me talking. And then I say, it was the coldest ghost investigation. And Matt says, all right, we're up. And a voice says, ever. Like a really snotty male voice like, oh, my God, somebody, thank you. You shut this broad up. I can't believe it. That's when the and hair I'm on the back of your neck yeah. just kind of stands yeah. up. So I, you've, you've had a number of moments like that, uh, Theo, in, in some of these oh, um, inns? You know, um, it's always um, investigations in uh, haunted places in Vermont can be a mixed bag. Um, we did stay in Wilson Castle and didn't get verifiable evidence while we were there. It's such a wonderful place. It was cold that night, 22 degrees outside, and the place had no ventilation system, so it was about 22 degrees inside. Um, so um, one of the wonderful places that we also have investigated is the Pomerleau Real Estate Building, the Follett House in Burlington. Yeah. And uh, Ernie Pomerleau was kind enough to 
give us our own temporary security code. And we went trundling in, and one of the investigators there was sitting in a chair in one of the larger rooms. Um, and all of a sudden, he jumped up and just screeched. And he wasn't, a, he was this really laid back character, so it surprised um, me and Matt. We were in the room with him. The room was dark, it was quiet. And we said, Brian, what's going on? And he said, somebody just touched my, somebody just put their hands on my shoulder. Oh, man. <laughs> and it wasn't anybody we'd seen, but we, you know, we couldn't dispute it. We did also get a really decent temperature drop in, uh, in the, um, conference room in there, which had been the old dining room when Timothy Follett, who built the house in 1840, lived there. Um, some people who have lived in Burlington for years might remember, you mentioned urban renewal. Yep. Um, the city wanted to take that building down, and it was, at the time, uh, inhabited by the VFW, the Howard Plant Post. And the city said, come on, it's not up to code. We're going to do something about this. We'll build something better. And uh, it's a good thing they didn't because the place is a gem. Thea, I've got to uh, just get you to touch a little bit on uh, on UFOs because you do write about that in Ghosts and Legends of Lake Champlain, and that's an issue that, that just never goes away. And Burlington actually had uh, a pretty important uh, – well, it's, it was actually – wasn't there like a, a bishop or something that said that he saw the UFO? Yeah, what was it? I'm, You know, um, some of this stuff is so buried deep in my memory. I think it was around 1907. And the Howard Bank on the corner of College and Church was pretty new then. And we had an ex-governor who owned a hotel um, on the corner of St. Paul Street called the Van Ness. Until, uh, sadly, that place burned down in the, in the 1950s. Some people might remember that. But um, Governor Urban Woodbury was, um, was there near the bank. Uh, he had just come out. And the local bishop, Bishop Michaud, he um, was standing there. They began to chat. But suddenly, the governor is wondering, why is the bishop not paying attention to me? The bishop was looking at something that was hovering above the roof line of the Howard Bank. Yeah. It was described as a torpedo-shaped or a cigar-shaped. I guess he described it as a cigar-shaped object. Um, it appeared to be decomposing. People uh, on Church Street gathered around these two important men who were well-known in the community. Everyone was looking up. And then a gentleman who owned an insurance agency on the second floor of the bank looked down out of his window, saw all of these people standing there, and then turned his head to look up just as a huge ball of fire came out of the sky and hit this object, smashing it to a vapor. Did they ever find and out no, what, what this was? Or, or was, you know, was the bishop passing out commun you know, communion wine? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that the noise was so loud that a horse apparently from the shock fell over, tied to a hitching post just down the street, um, fell over. They did manage to get it up on its feet again. but um, So this really know, the, happened. The, this, this really happened. Oh, my goodness, yeah, man. The weather service at the time tried to toss it off as heat lightning, but I was They used so to always fascinated. say it was a weather balloon, remember? It was like, no, yeah. it's not a UFO. It's a weather balloon. i, I got to believe that oh, this, there's something out there. Thea, I, I would love to talk more. People can find out more information if you'd like. The ghost walks are all done for the season now. Are you going to try to squeeze a couple more in? They are all done for the season, and um, and – Definitely. Um, we may not get ghostly right away next year, but we are going to be uh, opening up our true crime walking tours in April. And the true crime walking tours are uh, a lot of a lot of history, a lot of really great city history, but also 
some grizzly history, and people seem to enjoy them this season an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, Ted Bundy was uh, pretty – was he born in Burlington? He didn't grow up here, but, yes, his birth certificate is in Burlington City Hall, and Mm. um, he – was a suspect in a, a very um, in an unsolved murder case here in mm. Burlington, and I do talk about all that on the tour and a lot of other uh, crazy goings on that um, you know people. Uh, and there's one particular place in town that that has a nickname. Uh, it's a I won't I won't say what the nickname is, but it's a but it's a quick stop in Burlington, and you're going to know what I'm talking about probably. And um, there are people who have heard this nickname over and over again. And they thanked me after the tour. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've heard this called this for the last, you know, <laughs> 20 years or whatever. And I never knew why, uh, you know, or people who've grown up in Burlington are like, everybody always calls it that. I never knew why. Yep. And now I know why. Yep. So thank you. <laughs> Thea, so much fun to talk with you today. QueenCityGhostWalk.com. You can find out about all of her books that she's written. Uh, you're, are you working on another one right now? I'm actually working on a novel right now. I'm nice. almost finished. Um, I'm almost finished with this novel, and I've got an agent who said um, when it's done, and uh, and I've had a couple of people read it, and then I've got it to my you know my satisfaction. Is it that a crime novel? Um, for you? They, uh, it's not a crime novel. Oh. It's actually um, it's it's actually a, a novel. It's it's more like a uh, it's more like a saga, like a family saga oh. about a a boy who is born with some congenital issues to a to a teenage mother, a 15-year-old, 15-year-old mother, and kind of their their exploits, their adventures, and how they make everything work and the people they meet. So it's very different from any of the other stuff I've written for the public. So we'll we'll see how it goes. All right. Wait for that to come out. QueenCityGhostWalk.com. You can find out. There's links there to, to find out more about the books. And, of course, uh, when the tours start up uh, in the spring, QueenCityGhostWalk.com. Thea Lewis, so nice to talk with you again, and uh, have a great day. Thanks for joining me here on Travels with Charlie. Thanks so much. So great to talk with you, Charlie. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, details on this year's Trotting of the Turkeys. Steve Gentile joins me in studio right here at WDEV. When I'm on my travels throughout Vermont, I know where to stop for a fill-up, fresh-made sandwiches, snacks, hot coffee, or an ice-cold Coca-Cola. Jolly Convenience Stores. With over 40 in our area, there's always one nearby. And they're more than a quick stop. Proudly supporting local charities, community events, and our military. Jolly Convenience Stores. Home of the Daily Smile. Even behind that mask. Stop by today. You'll be glad you did. Well, that would be the uh, the Sultans of Swing, Dire Straits, playing the name that tune. Steve Gentile, let me give my hello boys, hello, hello boys, hello boys. Steve Gentile joining me on Travels with Charlie. You, you know, Corm's in there. I don't think he understands the soul bumpers that need to be played oh, when man. I'm in. We, oh, we need to Here give him a little bit of. Here uh, we go. Because I'm the Devo. Uh, well, I. I... <laughs> Oh, I've never heard that before. The Devo, as opposed to the Devo. Wow. Exactly. I, I didn't. Exactly. I, I apologize. I did not give Corm a heads up that when Gentile is in the house, he all he wants soul music bumpers. He doesn't want the rock bumpers. He always insisted on that when he was on my program that we had soul music for him. 
Uh, and of course, and I, I first thing I just, I, I just want to say thank you for taking the tie off because, uh, you know, here we are, you know, uh, I got a t-shirt on, <laughs> Gorm's got a golf shirt on, and Gentile shows up, he's got the suit on, but he took the tie off. I did, I took the tie off. I, I wanted You're to relax. You're the best dressed person in Waterbury. You understand that? <laughs> Without my tie? People, people got very scared, but Gentile walks into the, into the offices here and they go, oh no. It's either the FCC or the place has been sold. <laughs> no, it's Steve Gentile. He's joining me in studio. Steve wears many hats. He's with the Burlington Sunrise Rotary Club. You may recognize the voice if I give him an opportunity to give us a three. That is Charlie Papillo for three. Yeah, and that's 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 never happened. Yeah, well, that's, three. that's true. That's the first and last time you ever hear that. Yeah, maybe Frank Papillo might have got a three pointer, but certainly Charlie Papillo. I can uh, um, voice of uh, the UVM men's uh, basketball and team and the women's basketball team. But you know, we're talking with you about this because uh, you've been doing PA. Uh, man, you almost as long in the business as my old partner Ernie Farrar. Forty-three years. Forty-four. This will be forty-four. Season forty-four. You always got to catch me like I go for. Now no, let me correct you. Uh, like, forty-four. You know, one I, year, Steve. I, you're close. <laughs> I want to be accurate at numbers of my life. Forty-four years. So you had to be a pro. You, what were you? Twelve years old that, when you started. That's a really good. <laughs> I, I got the cash in my pocket right well, now, my I just, friend. I just want a stock tip. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, we do, don't want do we do we get into yeah, that area no, where no. You know, if if they're listening the uh, SIPC SIPC we, yeah, we you, don't, you we can't don't, go there can't go there doing that yeah so Steve yeah, he moved Corm's my, taking notes yeah yeah That's write a, it down write, <laughs> I can give I can give I can give the stock tips don't buy Krispy Kreme <laughs> the donuts are great <laughs> now they just start did they were they off the um, and they went. They filed for bankruptcy, and yeah. and then kind of right. Came yeah, out that's of when I lost all that money. <laughs> they filed for bankruptcy. You see, think they would give you some donuts see, in return? See, for that. this is one of the, one of the things that while why Steve does what he does, and I spent all my years in radio because <laughs> I remember one day I said, the first time I went to a Krispy Kreme donut shop, it was in Medford, Massachusetts. And I, I, I pulled into the parking lot. And I've, I've heard so many great things about Krispy Kreme, and I've never had one. And the parking lot's packed. There's a line going in to the donut shop. And as you stand in line, there's a guy there that picks a donut up right out of the grease, right after it's been frosted. It's warm, and he hands it to you. And you go in there with the intention of, well, I'll get a couple of donuts. And you go, i got to get a dozen of these things. <laughs> these are amazing. So I get this brilliant idea. The stock's got to go. This is going to be crazy. Of course, well, we found out they did a little thing called cooking the books. And they, they were, as well as the donuts. They, they were cooking more than the donuts. They were cooking the books. And, well, I, I lost a few bucks. But, hey, what does it matter? What does it matter? But, Steve, you, you've been a, a, a great a friend for a long time. Uh, you were instrumental in uh, our politically incorrect Christmas party that we used to do on the Charlie and Ernie and Lisa show for many, many years. Uh, a great, you know, without you, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, it would have happened, but 
there wouldn't have been any food. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> the most important thing because you hired the caterer. You know, Bill Weatherby would come in and cater, and we did it as a benefit for the, at the time, the Chittenden Emergency Food Shelf. They've now changed their name to Feeding Chittenden, and you've continued to carry that torch uh, for years, even though, you know, we're not doing that show any longer together. You started something called uh, Trotting of the Turkeys. This was about, this is our eighth year. I got that one correct. Yes, you did. Eight years, Trotting of the Turkeys, and this is through the Burlington Sunrise Rotary Club. And what exactly is it? Uh, it's, it's such a fun event. And and just going back and talking about uh, Chittenden Emergency Food Shelf or Feeding Chittenden, I remember I, we and years ago uh, went went there and volunteered and and uh, was taken around and, and met all the different people and some of the volunteers, and they, they took some special effort to do it. And, and some of the people that were utilizing their facility, and ever since I have been uh, hook, line, and sinker, they, they do uh, God's work at that place. Yeah. It is you know, absolutely amazing. And it's amazing what they do because it's not just feeding people. They're teaching people. Correct. You've, you've got to feed people, which means you've got to cook. Which means you need help in the kitchen, and you can learn all those skills. And then you have a chef in there. He actually teaches people, and they can go on to careers in in, in the restaurant business. Right. Many of them have gone on as uh, sous chefs. But this is a fun event that we try to do. So this is kicking off the Thanksgiving giving season, if that's uh, that's a word we could put together. But um, uh, and to help uh, our neighbors really do. Turkeys and turkey dinners for Thanksgiving. And the way that we do it is, is we purchase the turkeys from um, uh, the Vermont Food Bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have usually the truck on the top of Church Street. And then we have uh, UVM involved. Uh, we have, we've had the pep band, the dance team, cheer team. We have UVM athletes and, and then a lot of the public. And we take a 10-minute parade. Everybody gets a frozen turkey. And we walk it down Church Street in kind of a parade, and we put it in a feeding chitlin truck at the bottom of Church Street. So it's like a 10- or 15-minute event. It's lots of fun. And uh, I've seen as I've been walking back up the street, most people have already stopped at Lunig's or <laughs> yeah. someplace. They're, yeah. they're already having uh, their cocktail and lunch. So when you started this eight years ago, Steve Gentile, my guest this afternoon, we're talking about the, the Trotting of the Turkeys event, which, by the way, it's this Saturday it in Burlington. When you put this together, did you think – because, you know, people do, they, they do 5Ks and 10Ks and all that. And I know you, you're saying, hey, I don't want to do any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> you know me. Well, let, let's get, let's, this is the shortest parade, shortest event on record. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it takes longer to unload the turkeys and to set the band up than it does to do the actual trot down Church Street. Exactly. And it's, it's not a trot, it's a parade. It's, yeah. I mean, we just thought it was a catchy name to go with the name, but the, the reality, it's a, it's a 10, 15 minute parade at most, uh, down Church Street. And it's a lot of fun. It's a family event, very family friendly. Um, we, it's, it's great to see the UVM athletes because it's stuff that they do in the community. And the UVM athletes come into play very much because a lot of folks out there are saying, well, you know, I'd love to help, but I, I don't really want to go on a Saturday or go down to Burlington, et cetera. 
But um, that's exactly what we do. You could go on to the website, trottingturkeys.com. You can register, and you can register for – you can get three meals. You could feed three families for Thanksgiving for $100. And what we do is we have the UVM athletes. If you don't want to be there, they trot it in your name. We put, put a post-it note with your nice. name on the turkey, and they uh, bring it on down to the feeding chitin trucks. So, so it's, one, uh, one of the things that, that impressed me last year, of course, COVID, uh, many events – canceled uh, or they did them virtual but you did not do a virtual event you actually did it you were there downtown and people were carrying the, the turkeys uh, down down church street right well it they were they were not because we couldn't actually handle the turkeys because of covid rules so what we had was paint sticks with uh, pictures of turkeys <laughs> on them as we were headed down and and you know we wanted to keep the numbers down there was masking we tried a social yeah. distance we couldn't have the uvm pep band because they they had wind instruments it you know, we just didn't really know COVID and, and the exposure on the outside. So we did have a few select uh, folks and uh, that came down, so it was small. But believe it or not, even as small as it was, we still uh, got over 450 turkeys uh, donated for uh, feeding Chittenden. So and, of great. course, th- this is always a very important time of the year. You know, we've talked with folks at uh, at feeding Chittenden uh, about doing this Throughout the year, it's always, you know, it comes into the forefront uh, around Christmas and around Thanksgiving, but always want to remind people. And of course, if you're listening today on Travels with Charlie, this is going on in Burlington. There are food shelves all throughout Vermont, and they are all in need of help this time of year and probably more than ever. So, you know, think about that as you're sitting at your table and thinking about those that are less fortunate than you and ways that you can help them out. And as Steve just mentioned, you can just simply go to trottingturkeys.com. You don't have to go to the event. And for as little as $50 individual, $100 for a family, $250, you can do a team. And you don't have to be there if you don't want to be there. But being there, I can say it's, it is a lot of fun. You know, you've got the dance team there. You've got the, the the pep band will not be able to be there this year, though, correct? Right. This year, we, we have games, uh, of course. We always just try to schedule it the first Saturday in November to kick it off. And uh, the UVM uh, schedule was announced. So we have a game. I have a game to announce Friday night. I believe it's a women's game. And then Saturday, right after the trotting, we have a men's game to uh, to announce. So it's it's just too much transporting for the UVM pep band. So but, you'll, uh, you'll be trotting right up to UVM. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be trotting a turkey, then trotting up to UVM is exactly right. So Now, quick tip. If you have never done this event before, keep in mind, that on Saturday, I think actually the weather is going to be pretty nice. Yep. There's no rain forecast. We had enough over the weekend. We, <laughs> we don't need any more. But it could be relatively cold. Um, wear gloves. Yeah. Well, you're carrying a frozen turkey. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't think I'd many have to tell found, the UVM many, athletes that. But, uh, well, many people found this <laughs> the first time on the way down. They're going, my God, I've got frostbite on my hands. It's not a, you know, it's not a long walk, but it's long enough. It's long enough with you carrying a frozen turkey. <laughs> that's for sure. That, uh, gloves are a must in this event, regardless of weather. And I remember one of the years that we had, I can't remember which one, but it was like 70 degrees yeah, we've had outside. Like yeah, right. it's been amazing. Yeah. So, And last year was the uh, was on November 7th when they actually announced the Biden-Trump. And 
uh, just as we were finishing walking up the street, the street, we had a bunch of people yelling F Trump and thousands of people descending on Church Street. <laughs> so we had to make a run for the sh- money here and, uh, and head on out of Church Street. Well, today they can be announcing Go Brandon. So. That's it. <laughs> Two four four seventeen seventy seven. If you'd like to talk with uh, Steve Gentile, my guest this afternoon, or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five, and don't call in asking for financial advice. You know we joke about this all the time, but you can't do that. Yeah, legally you cannot do correct, that, right? Correct. Well, how do these other guys? You know, they do radio shows and they get on there, and they, you know, the motley fool and all that stuff, and, and they tell you, you know, what to buy and what not to buy. Yeah, that, there's uh, <laughs> there's there's uh, certified financial planners, and then there's people who kind of do this for their gig and, yeah. and go out and you know maybe when I retire it'll be a good gig to go out there and. And uh, do it, you know, like it's a Monday morning quarterback kind of thing where yeah. you're sitting on the, oh, you yeah. shouldn't have bought that or, oh, that's yeah. a great you, buy. You know what always gets me about those guys? They always, uh, they, when they introduce them, it's always like, he's the one that told you to buy such and such. And, you know, now it's selling at $800 a share. It's right. like. I don't remember ever saying that. Where was he? Steve Gentile, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We have one more break before we break at the top of the hour, and we will be right back with Steve Gentile, Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Form, you are the man. Oh, yeah, that's what we're yep. talking about. Yep. He's doing it. He's doing it. There you go. Steve Gentile just giving a, a big thumbs up to, uh, to Corm on the other side of the studio here. Yeah, you gotta have the soul music. When, whenever Gentile's with me, Corm, you gotta have the soul music. And, and you could have only made it better. Had it been something with uh, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, uh, Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes. Uh, those are all those oh, are all classics. But good that, stuff. But that was a good one. That was a good one to have out there. Good for. stuff. Well, thanks for joining me here. Travels with Charlie on WDEV two four four seventeen seventy seven one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. We're talking with Steve Gentile about. Trotting of the Turkeys, that event is happening this Saturday in Burlington. This will be the eighth year that that has happened. It benefits Feeding Chittenden. Feeding Chittenden, I just found this out, that they serve over 11,000 people each year. This is why it's so important. You know, when you think of the number of turkeys that that will be donated this weekend, 11,000 people, that's... That's a big number. Right. Well, and I, I think the anticipation is probably over 4,000 turkey dinners. I, what I what I love about feeding Chittenden as well is right now they're talking about things that really matter. Like in, because of the pandemic and people not being able to come in and take the, you know, actual food, et cetera, they were doing boxes and putting them together. Yeah. But there was so much waste because they were things that people didn't like. So right now they're working on a system where people 
people can almost order it online, pick it out, the, your box is prepared for you and put outside. It, it just is amazing the work they do. And, you know, I, I, I've been pretty lucky in, in my life. I certainly grew up in, um, very modest, uh, uh, coming up, but, um, I've worked hard and to see the amount of people in our community, it, it actually surprised me yeah. that are f- food insecure. And you know what? We're not New York City, so we should be able to solve this. Right. And the people in this area are so generous and uh, supportive. So, you know, that's, that's why we started this event. And, um, you know, hopefully we can kick it off with, if we could get over 500 turkeys, that'd be great. Over the first seven years, um, we've gotten over uh, 2,100 turkeys, wow. and and that throws a year one that I believe we had 17. That yeah. were you know you always have to. Yeah, and that kind of kicks it off for uh, feeding Chittenden too, because Correct. that's you know kind of springboards uh, because they got to collect. Uh, a lot more than that. Steve Gentile with me on Travels with Charlie. All right, we'll do a little controversy before we break here. Almost like everybody's starting to sweat so, now. You, you know, <laughs> he wants the controversial this, stuff. This I'm, is, not gonna, I'm not going to get into Bitcoin. I'm not going to get you in trouble. Don't worry about it. Let, let's just throw this one out here as we head into the into the Thanksgiving season. And I used to, you know, Lisa, my co-host, uh, we, we would uh, go back and forth on the green bean casserole. I, oh, he's making a, two thumbs down oh, in the studio. No. And it's not that I don't like it. It's just Corm, green bean, Corm likes it. See, No way. See, my thing is that people only do it at Thanksgiving. Like, it's like, well, we're saving this for Thanksgiving. Like, it's so wonderful. If it's so wonderful, why aren't you doing it? You know, I, I eat spaghetti and meatballs more than once a year, you know? It's like, why? So, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Green bean casserole or no green bean no. casserole. And, and, you know, the, the crispy onion stuff. That's you, the best part. That's what I was just going to no say. What, just All you got to do is throw that on there. And yes. then I don't need the green bean yeah. part of it. In that's fact, a, you know, my grandmother used to make it. And, and... You know, I would I would find the can of onions that she had in the pantry before Thanksgiving, and I would go in and I'd open it up, and by the time it came around to Thanksgiving Day, she'd go to sprinkle the onions on. They're all gone. Yeah. I'd eaten them all, you know. And well, she, you can't even lie about it because your breath stunk of onions so that she was able to prove it. It's the best part of green bean casserole. Yes, I would agree with that. It's the onions. Yeah. It's the onions. Gentile. My Save man. the rest of it. Stevie G. Thank you so you, much. You know, you always try to get me fired, so I'm glad at I least know. that, that you know. were able to do that. You got that. your job. You can go back to Morgan Stanley. Uh, that'll, that'll be a good, that'll be a good thing. <laughs> Last time he was on the program with me, he got really scared because they had a cardboard box with everything from his office <laughs> yeah, outside. They, they were listening to the show. Yeah. so don't, don't bother coming in. <laughs> <laughs> TrottingTurkeys.com. TrottingTurkeys.com for more information. Thank you so much for, as always, see, now we got the calls coming in. We got a break. That's it. It's time to go. I will be back with you in three weeks with former U.S. Attorney Christina Nolan. She'll be uh, joining me. We're going to be talking about the opioid situation in this, uh, in this state. Uh, so again, thank you for joining me today on Travels with Charlie Gentile. Thank you for joining me, Steve Gentile. Thea Lewis, thanks for joining me. Uh, Travels with Charlie, sponsored by Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne American Express. Theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher. My executive producer is Brad Ferlin, our director, with all the uh, soul music for you today. Corm. Steve Cormier. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travels.